The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. I was going to ask this question is how many of you would like to go to us on a singles cruise? Well, I assumed that everyone in here was going to be married because it is, a, you know, pastors, a lot of pastors come to the convention. And so I was going to say, well, you know, it's, it's for singles, right? And so it probably would not be appropriate for you to come unless you were leading singles, right? Unless you were ministering and you brought a group. Well, in the same way that it wouldn't be appropriate or be uncomfortable, it's the same way singles are a lot of times when they come to churches and they feel that it's for marrieds. And a lot of the sermons are focused towards that. Um, the events are, are focused towards that. And so as a result, they don't feel they're welcomed or included as well. My name is Chris Wataka, and I lead a ministry called The Singles Network, and I have the greatest job in the whole world as I get to travel all over the world helping churches start and grow singles ministries. Um, over half our country is now not married, and that's based on the 2010 census. So we have consistently gone up in numbers, and I would say by the next census in a year, I would not be surprised if the number is not 60%. Um, Where I live, I just moved to Hendersonville, North Carolina. Where I lived, it's actually 58% single. And that's because it's supposedly the most, um, the county that has the most retired people. So it's definitely older singles, but they still need ministry as well to them. Um, And that's kind of the challenge in singles ministry is that how do you define singleness? It's 18 to the grave. And being able to, as a church, go, well, we'd like to you know, reach out to this demographic, but how do we do that when it's so diverse and it's so large? Um, so I was really uh, thankful to the Lord that, you know, he opened up an opportunity for me to come and speak at the convention because I've been praying about this for a long, long time, knowing that, you know, if you, some of you guys remember, there used to be Christian Single Magazine and it's gone. They used to have the big singles retreat that I mentioned that I took over. And slowly we've seen over the years less and less of an emphasis to reach this demographic. And there's lots of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. But no matter what the reasons are, the numbers keep going up. So at some point in time, you may look out and there's no married people left. It's just all single people. And so, and I don't believe God designed our world to be 54% single. And so we definitely are, there's this demographic group of people that we need to reach. And it's a group of people I believe can change your church and can help grow your church. So, um, another visitor. So, um, so another question I have for you then is, does, and you have a dedicated singles pastor. Does Pastor Rod do other things besides singles? He's a minister of education. He, so he is the, the associate pastor. So that's he's got multiple hats then. Yeah. Makes it difficult. He's yes. He's, okay. So do you have a dedicated singles pastor? Don't. Okay. Ladies back there? No. Do you have a, they have an education pastor that does singles. Do you have a pastor that is over singles even though it's not officially the title? Okay, so do you offer um, any type of single Sunday school class or young adult class, college class? We just started a college. Well, we just really kind of got college started. Got college started. Okay. We did. did, Now we don't. Now you don't. Oh, my goodness. And nothing. You you do. What age? Uh, We call it the 20-somethings. 20-somethings. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. 
So, hey, Fatima, come on in, darling. This is one of my friends, and she's been a part of tons of ministry that I've done in Raleigh for many, many years, and she's a part of the convention. She's just coming and listening in and, and uh, has heard me speak multiple times in different places. So and she's single. Yes. Um, so what about, do, do any of your churches offer divorce care? Yes, in the past. In the past. Grief share? Yes, in the past. Celebrate recovery? Yes, in the past. Ministry to single mothers, single fathers? No. No. Um, so do you have a Bible study for singles? No. Okay. Well, we got a little bit of work to do, don't we? Well, I'm glad you're here. And so know that um, the first step of, of success towards singles ministry is the fact that you came here today. And I appreciate you doing that. And we just, we know the need is great. And I think that just a lot of pastors don't necessarily understand singles and how to reach them or what to do when you get them. Um, so as a result, a lot of times they, it's not that we, they get up in the morning and go, I'm going to go preach a sermon and hopefully ignore singles. But it's kind of like they're just teaching what they know in, in their, and where they're at in their life stage. In the same way, when I do women's events, I have to put a sticky note on my podium that says, remember that some of these women are married. Because I, I'm, my circles are mainly single. And I have to have stories or people with children. I have to have stories. And in the same way, I think a lot of pastors teach kind of what in there. Would you agree, Jake? Are you the preaching, teaching pastor at your church? I'm one of the pastors. Yep. So, I mean, do you get up in the morning and go, oh, I can't wait to exclude anybody who's not married from my sermon? Every time. Every time. No. <laughs> no, never. So the question I have for you, do you want to reach every single person? Do you want to reach every single person in the church? Every single person. We tried and it's hard to do. Okay. Then the question is, how do, what do we do to reach the single person? Okay. So let's just talk a little bit about, so why aren't our churches reflective of this 54%? Now, smaller churches in rural areas, it's, it is more of a challenge. Um, just simply because, like even in Hendersonville, where I'm at, of the 125 singles that were coming, 105 of them were over the age of 55 or 60 because it was a retirement area. And so we had this little handful of people, 30s and 40s, and I kind of clustered them together. Like, y'all find each other, <laughs> you know. And then the, there was a separate pastor who had 20-somethings. Um, but nevertheless, even though the majority of the singles were coming were older, they still needed someone to minister to them. Um, so one of the biggest reasons why uh, most churches are not reflective of this is that because um, most churches are focused more so on marrieds and, and traditional families, it's, and it's not, again, it's part of the, the, the mentality of teaching BBB. What's a BBB focus, Jake, do you know? Buildings, bodies, and budgets, okay? And so we're told, get those numbers up, get those membership up, you know, and then let's make sure the carpet's green, and, and what's our money? And there's that pressure. Even out here, you'll get around pastors and like, yeah, what you running there? What you running out there? Like, what does it matter? Because we're so much thinking about that that's how we define success in our churches. That we define success by how, if you've had a building program, if you had any baptisms, how many salvations, how many people joined. And yet that pressure to do that focuses on, well, I'm going to go after this family of five, this mother and this father and these three kids, because my numbers will increase by five. 
but not really. Also, you need to minister to five people. <laughs> now you got to minister to three kids and two parents. And so you don't think about the resources that have to go out to get those numbers in. Um, a lot of perception of singles versus marrieds is a challenge as well. Um, the perceived aspect of a single is that we have more problems than married people. So as a result, a lot of churches are like, oh, they're just such a pain. And I always want to argue that and say, well, on Sunday morning, I like to greet because that's when you meet a lot of singles. And I watch people get out of their cars, couples and fight. And they're in the car and they get out. And they're like, hello. Right. Everything's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, oh, and we don't know that he has a problem looking at his computer too much, if you know what I mean. We don't know that she can't keep her face out of the refrigerator. We don't know that they have debt up to their eyeballs and they're barely making it. They have second mortgage on their home. We don't know they have an autistic child and a child that's rebellious. We don't know their story because they come and they look together. And by the time you hear about these problems, usually the marriage is over with. And that's when you find out. But with singles, we, we kind of bring all of our stuff to church because that's our family. So the perception is that we have more problems when there's only one of us. It's a perception. But I'm going to tell you some tips that can make a difference. Some of you have to communicate this to your pastors. And Jake, being our only pastor here, it's all on you, dude. Okay? <laughs> all the pressure on you. So here's a, a few more reasons why our church isn't reflective. And you have these in your handouts. I gave them in your, in your folders. Most sermons are geared towards marriage and family. Not every sermon. We have Pastor Steve talked about Nehemiah last night when he was up there and he, he didn't make it marriage specific or single specific. You know, praise God, uh, Pastor Steve will include singles when there's a need to include them. Um, most church events and ministries are focused towards traditional families. Um, even our terminology, the family night supper or, you know, Valentine's dinner, you know, couples 15, singles 10. Wh- what? You're, you're penalizing me because I'm by myself? Yes. Just say couples, any couple. You can bring your friend, and it's the same price. Um, I go to a big uh, conference every year called Metro, and it's for single pastors and staff. And they, it was $1,000 to come, and that included your hotel for the week and you know, all, the, all the stuff to go. And, but then if you were single, it was 800 Thousands for married couples, but 800 for singles. So I wrote in. I said, excuse me, I got a problem with this. And they hadn't even, they didn't purposely put the prices together to exclude singles. They were thinking of a single married person. They were thinking of a spouse that would come with that, a husband would come without his wife. So they gave him a little discount. They weren't thinking there might be single, single pastors that might want to come. Or single staff people. And so they're like, wait, and I got, it's kind of funny. A retreat for singles pastors forgot about singles that might want to come. And they're like, Chris, we need to change this. I'm like, thank you. You know, and you wonder whether you should say anything. You wonder as single adults and married adults at your church, when do you speak up? When do you say, excuse me, um, you know, if I hear one more sermon where you make me feel like I'm nothing. If I hear one more event that promotes where I don't, like you kind of forget that I'm here too, I'm going to scream. But when do you say it in a way that's going to produce something good? 
when do you speak up when it's going to produce what you want to produce versus creating more separation? That's always a challenge. Um, for years, I went to a church outside of Raleigh called Highland Baptist. I got to meet so many people here that are from that church. I hadn't seen them in years, and including Richard. Um, Rich, he's the head of missions for the convention, Brunson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, um, so I was a part of the singles ministry, and they had young singles, they had older singles, but they didn't have in-between singles. At the time, I was an in-between. I was in my 30s. And that's the missing age group. And every church and every, everywhere in the country is 30s to mid-40s. We get the young ones. We're doing young adults. We're doing 20-somethings. And that's great, Jake. Thank you, Jesus. We need them because you're probably in that range. And then when we say singles, it's usually 50 and up because they, they know they're single. They don't like it, but they know they're single. But that in between, they come to our events and they see their grandpa there. They see their grandma. They're not coming back. And so we're missing. That's our, our group that we really need to be emphasizing to try to reach. So I'm at church and I just wanted Pastor Mac to remember singles. So I used to put sticky notes on his podium every Sunday. I said, remember singles. And every Sunday he would come out and he'd like, take it off, ball it up and throw it away. And he's looking, who's doing this? Every Sunday for months. I stuck it up and remember singles. I just want him to remember us in his sermons. Just squeeze us in there. When you're talking about David, he was single when he was a young man. We talk about Jesus. You talk about Paul, Mary Magdalene, Martha, Mary. Talk about them. Not that their singleness is their identity, but just include them in that a single adult was the first person to be the evangelist. The first woman that saw Jesus risen from the dead was a single woman that God loves singles. When you talk about Paul and the fact that Paul gave up probably an opportunity to be married, to go and to, to, to teach the word of God. You think about John the Baptist and what God had called him to do. What a sacrifice that a single adult was willing to sacrifice a future marriage and children because of the calling that God had placed on their life. Just, just squeeze us in there, Pastor. You don't have to have a whole sermon on singleness. So one Sunday he said, it's you. I'm like, Chris, stop putting sticky notes on my podium. I said, well, then remember singles. So I stopped putting the sticky notes. And so I sat on the front row and I would wave at them every Sunday. (laughs) So finally, he decided to put me in charge of the events for the church. And what was great about this, guys, is it allowed me to be down front. And it created a voice like John the Baptist. I became a voice in the wilderness because people remembered I was a single adult and God was using me and I was just as valuable as any married adult in the room and God had plans for me just like he had plans for them and my plans may include being married and it may not be include being married but it doesn't matter I'm still just as valuable to God as they are marriage is not graduation you don't get married and go off and now you're important. Now you can serve in the church. Now you can be in charge of the money at the church. Now you can be in leadership. It's not graduation. It's, it's a lateral move. You know, it's simply God's using you as a married person to do what he wants you to do in this world. And he's using you as a single person. But when the church has been led, and you guys know this, for a really long time, the pastors are primarily married. And so in all these years, the congregations changed. In the old days, you know, if you were 19 and still single, something was wrong with you. Right? You're an old lady. Ellie may clamp it. Okay? 
Do you remember? Do you remember the Clampets? Okay, he's he's a young and I don't know. I was like, what's that show? Thirty-six. Oh, okay, you're you're older than I thought. Okay, but still, Beverly, do you remember Ellie Mae was like a, considered an old maid, right? Yeah. But today we've got people that are, you know, single by choice, not by choice. Life happens, whatever. And so when we want, when they come to our churches, we want them to know that this is a place for them to come. It's a safe place. It's a place that we're, we love them and we want them to be part of the whole body. And they're single right now. Is there a particular reason? Is there something we can do to help you? Maybe we need to offer divorce care. Maybe we need to offer grief share. Maybe we need to start a Bible study for people who want to get married. I mean, heaven forbid you meet your spouse in church, right? Do you know the second, huh, that would be, I don't, I'm, you need to leave right now. No. The second greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is who you're going to marry or remarry. Your first one is salvation. The second most important, but yet it's not reflective in our churches. We are not doing a really good job. And this, I say we, all churches are not doing a good job in preventative maintenance. We're not helping singles build friendships, helping singles feel whole helping singles with finance, helping them with self-esteem, helping them when they're even teenagers and dating. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was dating all the time because that's what you did. But are they going to get married when they're 16? Do they know about themselves? Do they know about their bodies? Do they know what God's desire is for them in a relationship romantically? And then they get into college, into their 20s. Who's teaching them about courtship? When they hear a marriage sermon, do we talk about marriage as if you're already married sitting in the audience? Or do we also include preparation for marriage? For those of you in the audience, we're going to talk about marriage. And if you'd like to be married, take some notes. And if you had a horrible marriage, I'm sorry. And you had a marriage that failed and he or she cheated on you, I'm sorry. If your spouse has passed away and you wish so desperately to still be married to them, I'm sorry. But if you don't feel called to be married, then take notes and help somebody who is. Because the majority of singles want to be married. Do you see the difference in that? You can still have a marriage series. You can still have sermons that talk about families. But understand the single is also a family. Just because they're by themselves doesn't make them not a family. But a lot of times we're made to feel that that success is that traditional family. Or, or how about Mother's Day? Father's Day. Do you know some singles skip it, the holiday completely? They won't even go to church on Mother's and Father's Day. Why do you think that is? Because they're not one. Because they're not one? Mm-hmm. What else? They don't have one. They don't have one. Yeah. Or maybe they lost their mother or father. Maybe they didn't have a really good mother or father. Maybe they lost a child. And... You know, I remember I go to church and they give out the carnations and they just give them all the women. They just assume all the women are mothers. And like, well, we do that because we don't want to exclude anybody in case somebody isn't a mother and we feel bad. So we just give everybody a flower. And my attitude is don't give nobody flowers. Don't even, again, in fact, don't even do a sermon on Mother's Day. Do a sermon about David or something on Mother's Day. Don't, don't, and that's what our pastor did. Pastor Steve, it's so political. It's so controversial because you are talking about women that maybe didn't have a mother or had a horrible mother, or maybe you had a child and you lost that child or your children are gone and they don't want nothing to do with you. There are so many gamuts of motherhood 
that how do you preach a sermon and glorify the ones that were good and honor the ones that are here sitting and that were good moms and still are moms, but not exclude all the ones that don't. And so he, he, Pastor Stevens, he said, I can't. So he just preached a different sermon. He just said, I'm glad. Happy Mother's Day. And then he went into something else, you know, because it is so difficult. My pastor in the old church, he, he would preach on Mother's and Father's Day and forget about aunts who take care of kids and grandmothers taking care of kids. And why are mothers getting a special holiday? What about spiritual mothers? What about people who just care for other people in their jobs and in their homes and in their families? And maybe you're a caretaker. Why can't we have caretaker day? Why can't we have singles day? I'm going to have a single shower. You know, have baby showers and wedding. I'm going to have a single shower and I'm going to get all that stuff back. You know? I mean, how many of you been into ladies? Some of you been to lots of showers. You know what I mean? Okay. So here's a few more things. Um, most leadership opportunities are offered to married adults over single adults. So when there's a new leadership thing going on in the church, you'll go, Where do, we have a pastor search committee. Are there any singles on the committee? Why? Maybe when you're interviewing new pastors, you might want to ask that pastor, can you tell me what your background is with singleness? Can you tell me, have you ever been single? Do you have a child that's single, a parent that's single? Because singleness affects everybody. And the more you understand about being single, the less likely you'll freak out if you become single. Right? I mean, unless you die when your spouse dies, you're going to be single. And and nobody gets up and gets married and goes, I hope one day we're divorced. Oh, I hope one day you die before I do. Right? No. You hope to live forever and ever and ever with with the fence and the dog and the whole bit, right? And what happens when that changes? So the more we're prepared and ready to understand that when you go before the Lord, you're going to go as a single adult. And so the more you learn what that is, I think the better you're prepared, not only for your own life, but for those around you. And it just makes you better as a person to be aware that there is this other demographic of people that's over half of the area. And you look out in your church and you go, well, where are they? They're not here. They're out there, but they're not here. Why aren't they here? Because we haven't done a very good job of trying to get them. And when they got here, maybe we weren't as welcoming. Maybe we weren't as generous. Maybe we weren't as aware that they're sitting out there and they're coming by themselves again. And nobody spoke to them. Or the three-second greeting. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. But not, good morning. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Jake. Come, so glad you're here. So what brought you to to XYZ Church, you know? And you say, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to school. Oh, you're going to school. Oh, that's great. So you're a single guy. Yeah, okay. Hey, we got some singles that sit over, in the, over here on the side of the church. I can introduce you to some of the folks. They go to lunch every Sunday together. You know, you're welcome to go hang out with them. You know, it's just taking that extra time to finding out a little bit about a person, which is going to be one of your solutions here in a minute. So number five here is that there's a perceived lack of need. We have singles? Yeah. Why do you think people are not sure that we have singles? Why do you think somebody would say that? 
they're in their own little world and self-centered and they're afraid to get out of the box to see if anything else is out there. Well, it could be. Again, I think we're just kind of, everybody's in their own mode. In the same way, we're not really sensitive to widow if you're not a widow or divorce if you're not divorced or single parent if you're not a single parent. Um, any other reason you think? We don't have any singles. Do you think maybe it's because, I'll use Jake as an example. He's been really great because he's the, he's the youngest one here. Jake, um, define singleness. Okay. We're having a singles cookout at the church. Who should come? Right. But you know, most churches, they think for some, I mean, this is where it gets kind of weird is they go, well, singles and they're young people. Mm-hmm. We get people that call up for our retreat. And assume that our retreat that we do every year is for young singles. And when they say they're young, we're not saying 20s. They're thinking 30s and 40s. Because when you're 75, that's a young single. Okay? <laughs> and then you have to say, no, it's, it's for all ages. And then the 30-something goes, well, I'm not going because it's going to be for old people. I might see my mother there. Okay? So how do you define something for them? And then the 20-something say, well, I'm not single. I'm just not married yet. Well, but you're technically single because to them single implies only marriage. So why would I call myself single? And if you're dating somebody, you're definitely not single. I've got somebody. <laughs> I'm not single. Yes, you are. Because to people dating, singleness means I'm available. To my mother, who's a widow, she couldn't say the word single for years. Because that means she's looking. I'm like, well, mom, no one says you're looking. But why can't you say, because that's what that means. And this is my own mother. And I do singles ministry full time. And she's thinking that it's that group over there. And if she calls herself single or she goes to a singles event, people assume I'm up looking to get me with a man. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my, so that's why a lot of ch- churches go, we don't have any singles because in their mind, singles are this group. It's not those divorced people. They're divorced. It's not those widows. They're not single. It's not the young people. It's not the college people. So that's a challenge when there's a perceived, we don't really have a need. That's why this place isn't full. Don't you think if they knew there was a real need, if they got it, this whole room would have been full? So here's another one. There's perceived lack of resources. If you called the state convention, and if I you would agree with this, there's no resources that I know of on the website. If you were to contact them and say, I need to get some singles resources, how to start, grow. But praise God, if you Google ministry singles, I come up. Praise God. It only took me 20 years to come up in the search engines. And I have everything on my website. It's the largest website in the world. Everything on how to start and grow your ministry, including videos. But again, there's a perceived lack. Because if you just, if you went to your association, if you went to the library association, if you went to the convention and said, are there some resources to help me? Can somebody come out from the convention and train us? There wouldn't be anybody. So then you might give up. But praise God, we're in the technological age and we know to Google, right? So here's another one from gossip. And some of you might, you might be able to answer this one over there. And what's your name? Joyce. 
in pain. No, I mean, <laughs> Joyce, Joyce said, what's his name? Pain. Pain, okay. <laughs> From gossip or past bad experience, it seems too much work to try and reach them. So you don't. So there's gossip where people go, well, you heard what happened. Those two people hooked up. You heard, but people are all dating each other. You heard their pain. They heard there's always these problems. There's always drama. There's always this. There's always that. Why do you think there's that perception? Also, my problem was as far as reaching the singles is in the church. You just mentioned yeah. the fact that they were divorced. They weren't single. Right. They were widowed. They're not single. And but looking. And they've never been married, but they're not single. Is That's the whole thing that, that we had mm-hmm. as far as getting, because I mean, it's probably 50, 51% of the people in First Baptist Center. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they just would, they wouldn't come to the singles. Because of the perception of what it will be. And that comes, and that's going to, I wasn't planning on talking about how to start a singles ministry, and I can switch over to that because you've got content in your outline. So what happens in singles ministries, when singles are, there's not leadership development, when there's not, understand every ministry, you have to have someone to lead it. You can't just go, well, here's a group of singles, go have fun. Uh, No, because people left to their own will do stupid things. And we have people of all different variations in walk and maturity. So people come into the church. Doesn't mean they're in church. They love Jesus. Doesn't mean they know Jesus. Doesn't mean they're growing in Jesus. And even if they do, I mean, pastors fail spiritually all the time. You hear about it in the news. So being a pastor, uh, strong with Jesus, written 50 books, it's not guaranteed you're not going to fall into sin. So to sit there and have a singles group and with no leadership, no development, no watching out for the enemy, no prayer over that ministry and not consistent leadership development, eventually it folds in on itself and divisive spirits enter, people of the flesh enter. There's always that one or two aggressive, usually women, that are trying to run it all and it falls apart. And so that, and so as a result, some churches are like, ah, oh, we tried it, it didn't work because you didn't have leadership development to help it work. But also a big factor is was there weekly prayer over the ministry and the direction of the ministry? Okay, not just praying for grandma's hip and you wish she had a new car. But are you praying? Because again, this is the goal of the enemy with singles. How does he attack the traditional family? He attacks the couple. How does he attack the couple? He attacks the man. And if men don't know who they are in Christ, if they don't understand their identity, they surely can't lead a woman. And so you think about that is why we don't have a lot of singles ministries in our churches. It's spiritual warfare. It's not resources. They can find me. Got everything you can want on my website. Okay? It's not space. It's not budgets. You don't need any money to start singles ministry. You don't need anything. Just have people come together. Bring a pot roast. You know, bring some pizza, whatever. It's not that hard. But there's that perceived that this is what I have to do. And then, of course, the enemy doesn't want you to have it. So he's going to tell you all this stuff and all these issues and all these problems. Or he even plant seeds in singles' minds and say, well, I'm not going to come to that because that's for getting somebody. And I don't want anybody. But really, I do want somebody. But I don't want anybody to know that I want somebody. Because if it looks like I want somebody, it looks like I'm pathetic. And I don't want to admit that I want somebody because, heaven forbid, I would admit that I would like to be married to somebody. But if I tell somebody I want to be married, they might think that I'm, like, weird or they're going to start judging me. So, you know what, I'll just, I'll just stay home and click on QVC and collect cat figurines and then the enemy wins 
Because to me, a single adult, especially a single adult that's never been married or one that's been married but the kids are grown, we have the most flexible use of our time and money. But we are the least reached in the church. We're the least reached. That's great. I can stay later if I need to. I can at the last minute help the pastor if he needs help with something. I can go on a mission trip. And I'm not saying that I don't have responsibilities, that my house doesn't have need repairs or that I don't have a mother that needs help or whatever. But I'm just saying there's things that I can do as a single that married people can't do. And the quicker the churches realize this, it's an untapped resource. Like you want to grow your church, reach single adults and help them feel value. And when they feel value, they will serve longer than any married people will serve. Because all they have to do is please God and and listen to God and be obedient. Whereas a person married has to go, well, hold on, God. Honey, what do you think? I ain't got to do no honey. Ain't no honey to even ask. And I love that. There's value to both sides. But I love, as a single adult, all I have to do is listen to God. I don't have to worry about balancing it, right? So here is, um, uh, and the last one was lack of leadership development and continued development. So let's clear up a few things. Singles, like all adults, all ages and backgrounds, they want to feel valued. They want to be included. They want community. We're the same. We're the same. But you know, singles have better community than married people. Did you know that? Why do you think that is? Why do you think single people have better community than marrieds? What do you think, Kim? It's all they have. They have to. <laughs> right? Right? Because if you're married, you're not going to just go off and go, hey, I'm going to go find a bunch of guys and girls to hang out with and share my problems. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Right? Your wife when would I go, here, you want a divorce? No. When I moved down here 30 some odd years ago, the, the worst day for me was Sunday because that was family day. And I said, well, I'm going to have to create my own family. So I spend Christmas and Thanksgiving with my family here rather than going home to Kentucky Yeah. to do that. I go home at other times for yep. that. So I've created. Right. Because we have, we, we, because singles don't necessarily have a spouse, well, they shouldn't because they're single, um, they can have community. They can stay out late. They can have friends of the opposite sex. <laughs> or maybe they don't. Oh, I'm, no, I'm going to Okay. So we, we, we have that flexibility because you don't have a husband saying you can't be friends with this guy or that guy, you know, and you can go off and do things. You can do as a group and go to the beach and, and go to the mountains and do all these things. So our community is bigger. We have more people that we have more things in common with, so we share more of our lives. That's why there's that perception there's more issues, but in fact, there's not. There's just one of us. And so our community is better than it is married because you, as a married couple, you can't be just telling everybody your junk. You can't be, you know, sharing with at your Bible study, hey, everybody, I have a really bad addiction. I'm going to share it with everybody. What? You're not gonna, you're just not going to do that. And you don't even know these people that well to share all your personal stuff. But singles, we, we have a tendency to share a lot of our stuff. But it, it binds us. It brings us together. We become a family. Um, I am closer to my, fam- my friends than I am my own siblings. Now, my mom and I are pretty tight. But I, we asked this question, what would happen if I died today? Do I have a will set up, power of attorney set up? Who would know what to do with my things? Who would I want 
to do with my things? Do I want it to be a sibling that I don't really talk to that much? Or do I want it to be one of my friends? When Jesus was on the cross in his last breaths, his last breaths, he looked at his mother and he looked at John, his friend, not his siblings. He looked at John, his friend, and he said, John, this is your mother. Mother, this is now your son. He made provision for a single mother because by this time Joseph would have been dead because otherwise you wouldn't do what he did. So he made provision for a single mother to make sure in his dying breath that she was taken care of. But he asked his friend to do it. And so when you're married, you assume your spouse is going to do all these things. But I don't have a spouse, so who's going to do all these things? So it's critical that I build friendships. So in my church, if I'm not, if there's not an environment to where I can build friendships, and even if some of those are married friends, if I don't feel welcome, if I don't feel like it's a place that, that I'm not being cast down because there's something wrong with being single, like I've got leprosy or something, or like, or they ask you the question, Jake, have you ever wanted to be married? That's what people ask me. Have you, you're single. Have you, have you ever wanted to be married? Well, have you ever wanted to be divorced? I mean, they don't realize, yes, I want to be married. 99.9% of all singles want to be married or married again. But it's not a question that you ask us. It just makes us feel like, well, is something wrong with me because I'm not? Is that the ultimate goal is to be married? Although I'd like it. Can't you ask me another question? Why is my marital status that important to you? This just, again, some of the things that we do in our churches that exclude. So here's a few other things I want to just mention in our time. And, and what, let's see, I got to watch on. I can look at my time. Oh, it's almost gone. Okay. Single adults matter and they can help you grow your church. Here's some ways they can help you grow. When you include singles in your sermons, I'm going to tell you right now, and you guys can put sticky notes on your podiums with your pastors. But when you include us in the sermons, not to necessarily have a sermon of, but you just squeeze us in, this is what will happen in the, in the audience. You'll be like, all of a sudden, your whole body, you're like, did he just mention singles? Did, did he just mention single parents? Did he mention widows? Gosh, my, my pastor must be aware that there's singles in the audience. Wow. That's all I need, Jake. You don't even have to have a singles Bible study. You don't even have to have a singles program. You don't even have to have single socials. To know that my pastor cares enough to mention or even would be even better if he mentioned my name, me, me. If he said something in the relation to, wow, this past weekend, uh, we were at the Baptist Inc. convention and Chris was leading a, a seminar on singleness. I'd be like, whoa. And when my pastor, if I know my pastor cares, that's all that matters because from the top down, when the pastor believes in singles and values singles, that's the model for all the other people in the church. And I don't need a special anything for me. I know my pastor cares. And I'll go, you know, I'd like to have a singles Bible study. I'd like to have some fun things to do with singles. I'd like to have a single Sunday school class. But if we're not able to, at least my pastor cares about and he respects me. And in fact, my pastor asked me to be on the finance committee. My pastor asked me to be on the pastor search committee. My pastor asked me to serve as a deacon. My pastor asked me, asked me, asked me, asked me. You know what? It doesn't really matter because he cares about me then hopefully that'll affect the whole church that's caring about me. And then maybe the attitude of the married people who don't understand singleness will start to understand. That's what happened to me at First Baptist. 
I've never been hugged by more married people in my whole life because singleness affected them. They would come up to me and they go, my daughter is 27 and she wants to be married so bad. And we're just really struggling with her right now, you know, because she's picking some guys that are not so good. What would you do, Chris? Or my mother has just become a widow and, and like three months ago. We're trying to get her to come to singles. Uh, no, she's not ready to come to singles. You know, let me give you some other resources. Or my son is going through a separation and we want him to come to singles ministry. No, no, no. He needs divorce care. Divorce care is for separated and divorced people because he might be able to reconcile. To be able to have those people because the reason why they've come to me is because my pastor affirmed me from the pulpit the work I was doing and valued me. And then that made married people value me. And then all of a sudden now we're doing the Acts Church. We're all coming together and helping each other and giving to each other. And it's not about our married, marriedness or our singleness. It's about the community of believers. Amen? Okay, here's some more. Um, getting to know the singles by their names, including a bit about their lives. Um, married people rarely invite single people to lunch or out to dinner. Ever. On Sunday, I go home every Sunday almost by myself unless I choose to go, hey, what are you doing for lunch? Let's go eat. And again, you're not trying to exclude us. You're just thinking of your family. You're thinking of going out. You're just thinking of what you're doing that day. I just got to get home. We got this to do and this to do, school, homework, got to get things fed, kids washed. And you're not thinking about that single person that's going home every Sunday by themselves and doesn't want to go home and dreads it. Or holidays. I had a lady email me yesterday and she says, I can't go through another holiday by myself. I don't know what to do. Nobody ever invites me over or thinks about that I don't have any family here and I'm spending Christmas and Thanksgiving by myself. Now with me, I'd be like, pull up your big girl panties and get on with it. Invite some people yourself. Pick up the phone, call some people and go out to dinner. Stop whining and come waiting for your pastor to fix your social life. But that'd be me. And I'm assertive. But what about that introvert? What about that hurting mom or dad? What about that mother whose kids are going to the daddies for Christmas this year? And she's going to sit in that house in that tree by herself. And nobody's even thought about asking her their home for Christmas. Um, go through your church database. Identify your singles. Invite them back. You might, I mean, if you can, but a lot of churches now are not even set, they're not even putting that on their little sheets where they're asking people if they've been married or divorced or single parent. So how would you know to invite them if you don't know who they are? Um, singles never marry. We talk, I talked about this earlier, have the most flexible use of their time and money, but are the least reach. Singles make amazing greeters and I, I train them. I do, I do first impression ministry in churches. I help churches become warm and welcoming. I do what's called secret shopper. So I come in, I'm, nobody knows why I'm there. And I'm like, hi, I'm single. This is my first time. Where do I go? And I love what churches go. I don't know. Do you have a single Sunday school class? Do we have a single Sunday school class? No. Oh. And they don't know what to do with you. And so I just love it. And, but we make great greeters because we're a little more sensitive to looking for people by themselves. Because sometimes it's single on Sunday. Maybe you're married, but you just came by yourself. And that's hard, too. So by being, you want your greeters to reflect what's in the church and what's outside the church. If you want to reach 30-somethings, you need some 30-somethings on the door. It can't be nothing but old men on the front doors, right? You got to have all ages, people in a wheelchair, people with their children. Teach kids now when they're little how to greet. 
but be looking for those people that maybe don't have a ring on. Maybe, especially women. Men don't wear rings because they might do construction. You don't always know. Pastor Steve greets every, all three services. And when I first got there, he would point out the singles. Here, there's another one, Chris, go. There's another one, Chris, go. And, and he would point them out to me because he knew who they were. And he would go and I'd introduce myself and I'd tell him, hey, we, we started a singles Bible study. It's going to start in two weeks called Jesus Single Like Me. And I gave him a flyer and I got their information and I followed up with them. But being able to not come up to somebody, hi, it's nice to meet you. Are you single? I would be like running. But to simply say, it's, it's nice to meet you. And you're like, well, how'd you find out about our church? And you start that conversation and you just say, um, can I ask you a personal question? Are you married or single? And if they say I'm single, just say, there's a group of us that are single and we always sit together in the area of the church. Would you like to sit with us? And most of them will say yes. Um, but you can also, hey, if you can come up to the Welcome Center and fill out some information and you look down and they go, and they marked single, divorced or widowed. And then you can look at it too. And you may not get them at that point in time, but you follow up. That's what I, I like singles as greeters. Um, I worked at a church in Eastern North Carolina and we doubled. We went from two to 90 singles in four months just by greeting. Because they come in, they come on Sundays, but nobody talks to them, especially in the larger churches. They just kind of come in and you, nobody, you know what I'm saying? Nobody, you don't even notice them because they kind of slide in and they slide out. They don't fill out anything. Um, let's also ask singles to serve in all areas of your church, especially in leadership. Um, do you want young marrieds with kids in your church? Do you want to see more young people with kids? Well, guess what? Two married young people come from two single young people. Yeah, well, you definitely don't have to split it uh, in, in that way. But I always hear churches that we need to we need to reach out. We need to get more young young people in here, more young married people in here, and kids. And our church is all gray and it's old and decrepit, and we need to get some young families in here. And I go, you do know where young families come from. They come from two young single people. So if there was an emphasis to reach single people post-college, if there was something for them to come to, something they felt valued, like you started at 20-something, preparation, teach them now how to have healthy relationships. Then when they do get married, they're going to have a more successful marriage. But the same goes to all age singles. All of us need to be better prepared, especially if most want to be married because if we don't do something in our churches, then we're sending them out there. And then they hook up with whatever. And they were like, I don't know what happened. I started a Bible study small group geared towards ministering to singles, specific to a need, boundaries and dating. My study, Jesus Single Like Me. There's a lot of incredible. I have literally hundreds of Bible studies listed on my website for single adults that would appeal to that demographic. If you're starting a ministry, and there's steps on how to do that on my site, when you're starting a ministry, you want to. Um, I'm still this going. You want to um, do a survey or do some type of, of you know, um, you can email it or you can have like a lunch and invite anybody who's single that's interested. Or if, I would say if you're not married, I don't even use the word single. If you're not married and want to come. Even if you're dating, come, you know, and we're just going to try to get your input on whether we need to start a ministry to singles and, and just kind of see. And, you, and you, they may say, no, nobody comes, and then you know. But you've done your part. But you can still preach from the sermons, and you can still include singles, and you can still minister to singles without having to have a ministry of. Do you understand the difference? Minister to without necessarily having a ministry of. But if you do gather them, 
and you pray together and you decide. And then out of that group, you go, wow, we have 10 women that are, you know, over 50. We have two weird dudes and, uh, which is really typical. There's one here over here and you have, I love messing with you, dude. And, and, and you're okay. I can get even. Okay. He's <laughs> trying, he's trying. And, and then you have the 28 year old and the 19 year old, and that's kind of your ministry. And you go, well, gosh, how, what, what's the best here? Well, if everybody wants to date and would like to date based on their memory of dating, then you might want to do boundaries in dating. But if you get a feel of the group and you're like, we just want to study the Bible more, but we just, I just don't even know. I didn't even know any of these people. They're all single in our church. I never even met them. So we just want like a general study where we can just get to know each other. It doesn't have to be on dating. Or out of the 10, out of the 10 people that show up, you find nine of them are divorced and they've never taken divorce care. That's what I'd offer them. You have to kind of wait and see what the needs are of the people that are coming. Um, and then finally, uh, is that the last one I put there? Yep. What can I do to help you? So um, I can help you start a conversation with your pastor. And I can also come back and talk to Rod and see where, you know, I know your ministry aged up. And that was part of it. It aged up to the point to where, People are tired, and there, and there was a lot of deaths. A lot of people had surgeries. A lot of people had car accidents. Um, and when a ministry ages up, that's on all churches. You, it's, it's suicide. I mean, it literally kills the ministry. You have to constantly be getting younger people in to balance it out. Um, in singles ministry, healthy singles get married. Healthy singles move to other parts of the church. They, you know, they do, oh, I'm now, you know, because singles ministry is not the end. It's just a gate. You know, so they've gone, yeah, I'm serving in three-year-olds now. I'm not going to come to singles. Okay, good. You know, healthy singles move. Uh, and healthy singles stay in ministry that choose to. And, all, and then all the unhealthy ones, they never leave. And unhealthy singles, some of them get healthy, but a lot of them never do. And if you don't have a balance of healthy versus unhealthy, the unhealthy take over. Or the age take over. And you find, oh, I don't want to do it. Or I find that the older singles, all they want to do is eat. They don't want to do anything active because sometimes physically don't feel good or they physically can't do these things. And so they don't, they don't want to do anything. And then the ones that really do that are still pretty active are like, well, I don't want to go to that. All they want to do is eat and gossip. And then that kind of, again, it's a ministry. You should be reaching people for Jesus. You should be active. It's not a social club. You know, it's a ministry and ministry. You should be growing spiritually and by numbers. But when it becomes a holy huddle, it's a handful of people just come together because we love each other. It's just friends come together. Okay, good for a while. But at some point in time, we have to be outward focused. Can't just be inward focused. And a lot of singles ministries are set up what's called relational structure, where we just all show up and help. We all love each other. There's no job, though. Nobody knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They just show up and help. And I always tell people... Your singles ministry should be like the operating room. And, and I would say this for all ministry, Jake, and all of you guys for all ministry. Your ministries need to be like your operating room. You need to have everybody knows their job. Everybody likes their job. Everybody's been trained in their job. Um, everybody gets along. I want all the people in my operating room that's about ready to cut me open to get along. Right? I prefer that. Okay? I want my doctor to have had education and the nurses, and the anesthesiologists, and the person who cleaned up to get ready for you to have an operation and, and, and you know, clean the room, that's just as important to me as the person who's going to cut me open. 
Because person cut me open, got a germ, I'm dead. So everybody's role in the ministry is important. But some are more responsible than others because of their, their jobs. But everybody knows their job. They're training their job. They may even go back to school to get more training of their job. I mean, they get, you know, we offer some leadership training for singles. But at the same time, if that doctor killed over, there's probably an associate doctor. That's right there watching, getting trained. And I bet you that associate doctor can keep going. And that's the thing about singles ministry. Everyone should know their job. Everyone expected of their job. Everyone should be able to do their job. Everybody should be able to help somebody else with their job. And so that you can train the next person to do their job. Duh. Right? But yet, a lot of our ministries are not structured that way. They're just show up. Why don't you go greet? Did you bring a bunt cake? You know, it's just whatever. <laughs> and we love each other. But if you, if I were to say, Jake, I want you to train somebody on how to do what you do. And you're like, well, I don't know what I do. Well, aren't you on the singles leadership team? Yeah, we just show up. We just show up and pray. And, um, and we eat. And then somebody speaks for a little bit. And then we have a couple questions. I'm like, yeah, but how would you build more leaders? How would you train the next person? Well, I don't really know how I would. Then who, who, who would, where's the qualifications for leadership? Anybody just comes and wants to help. That's, I don't know where it's from. What's that? It's not for me in here. I'm being recorded. That's the mic way over there. I don't know. That's, isn't that weird? In the name of Jesus, we bind that right now. Okay, because I know it's getting time to go, guys. Number two is I can help you understand who the single is in your church and how to minister. Um, help you identify them. And again, I thought our audience was going to be all pastors, so that, that varies for this group. Um, first impression ministry, overall marketing, and starting a singles ministry. So here's the next step. The first one is you came here. That was the next step. Number two, start praying. Praying, what, what does God want you to do? How does God want you to change things? You know, Jake, the first thing can be for you is just when you're getting ready to write a sermon, think about it. Is there somebody in our audience... That if I were, do we have a widow? Do we have a never married? Do we have somebody's divorced? Do we have somebody that's struggling? Can you just turn it off? I don't think that mic, is it? Can you unplug it behind you? Unplug it behind you. It's okay. It's don't worry. Don't worry about it. I don't. That was weird, guys. It's like a ghost over there or something. Yeah, the enemy, he's thinking he's going to shut me up, but he's not. So, um, so, but it, it's, I'm, again, I'm not saying that every sermon has to be about singleness, but just that little bit of going, you know, there might be somebody who's a widow and, or a single mom that is wondering how they're going to pay for Christmas. And maybe there's somebody out here that has money and they're going to be alone and they would love to connect with this single mom and maybe have Christmas together. You know, every year we sponsor a single mother, me and my mother do, because my mother was a single mom. And so every year we find a single mother and her kids and we bring them to our house and we feed them and we give them gifts. Just because I I remember us being alone and not having any money. And nobody reached out to us. And so there's little things that we can do that can make, the, can, can make the change. But be praying and saying, what is the best thing to do? And look at the demographic of the city that you live in and what's the dominant demographic? Is it single mothers? You can do five miles out, go to your city, the, uh, the town, and they'll give you a demographic study of what is the age group, 
male, female, different ages, backgrounds, marital status, single, single parent living together. Because singleness now, you know, people living together, they're single, homosexual, they're single. People in prison, a lot of them are single. I mean, how do you define it? And then put a game plan together and say, wow, I, I realize in a rural area, there's a lot of single parents. And because they're already parents, Jake, and they're, they're kids, and you have kids, you're going to relate to them way more than you would somebody who's just single. And, what, and in rural areas, we, it's really predominantly single parents. What an amazing thing to be able to pair up traditional families and single parent families and work together and make sure these little boys and these little girls have daddies because they, don't, they might not have a daddy at home, but they could have a spiritual daddy at church and be that role model for these kids so they have a better chance when they grow up. And the same thing with older singles is to say, we've got these older singles, but we need to start reaching out to at least 50-somethings. And why won't they come to things? What is the, the is there been some bad PR? Is in public relations is a third part of successful singles ministry. How the ministry is perceived by the church? Do they think it's a bunch of pathetic people? Is it a bunch of whiny people? People in wheelchairs? It's, it's where the old people go? What is the perception? Or is it a ministry that is doing some amazing things in the community? Is your ministry in charge of shoeboxes at Christmas time? Is your ministry in charge of doing outreach and doing mission programs? Does your, your singles ministry are doing the food on Wednesday nights? What is your singles ministry doing that makes me want to be in it? And if it's not, that's probably why I'm not in it. All right? But I do know between the health issues and it's aged up, that has hurt you. Because, again... You have to read. Why, why does Coca-Cola still advertise, guys? Why, why does Coca-Cola and McDonald's continue to advertise? Because they have to, right? Do you know Cracker Barrel used to never advertise, right? Cracker Barrel, my favorite place in the world. Cracker Barrel never advertised because they didn't have to, because they were far enough apart from the next one. People would go on trips and they would go to Cracker Barrel. They would, I'm going to, you know, it's exit, you know, 52. And we're going to go to Cracker Barrel on the way to the beach. Okay. And you didn't need any advertisement. But then all of a sudden, Cracker Barrel's on exit 52. And now there's a McDonald's and a Burger King and an Olive Garden and all these other restaurants. And all of a sudden now you get off the exit. You're like, you know what? I think instead I want KFC. You know, I think I want McDonald's. And all of a sudden Cracker Barrel now advertises on television because they have to doesn't take away that they're still not a great restaurant. They don't have great food and great stuff to buy and all this. Does it make any difference? They have to. So as a singles ministry, as a Hispanic ministry, as a women's ministry, whatever ministry you're in, if you don't market it, and if you don't continue to promote it and come up with new ways for people to hear the message, then it dies. And I would say the same thing with our churches. If we don't stay fresh, if we don't stay um, current, if we're not using examples of what's happening in real people's lives, if we don't use examples of what's happening in your life, if we don't use things in the news, if we don't keep things relevant to the people that are coming, then why should they come? That's everything. The message hasn't changed of Jesus and salvation, but the way we deliver it has to adjust to the culture that's in front of us. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you purposely go after a certain demographic that you believe is missing and you reach that demographic, and it becomes about Jesus, and it becomes about how to build a kingdom, and you're included in that kingdom, you can change your city. You can change your town. You can change your community, I promise you. Years ago, there was a church in Plano, Texas, and all of the mission trips were done by singles. All of them were done by singles. Big church. 
And how it started is that these singles were able to take it. They were able to go. They were a bunch of never married, I guess. They didn't have any kids. To the point where the married people were like, can we go? Well, we'll think about it. It's really the singles mission trips. Yeah, but I, I don't like to go. I'm like, yeah, we'll think about it. I'm not kidding. This was their philosophy. They're like, you know, kind of, it's really for singles. You know, we kind of go, we build, we, you know, we unify, we get, we're buzz, we bond. It's our thing. It's our way of going. And because the quickest way to get married is going on a mission trip. We already statistically know that. For some reason, when you serve in leadership or you go on mission trips, it's all about Jesus and not about you, and you're way more attractive to the opposite sex. And I'm going, wait a minute, I've been on 100. I, it still hasn't happened for me. But um, statistically, it has. And these married people were like, it's not fair. Like, well, do your own mission trip. Come up with your own. And I loved it. I loved it because there was a perceived value of like, what are they doing? I want to be a part of it. What is so great? They come back. They're different. They're changed. They're energized. It's not about their singleness and they're all poor little lonely person. Don't have nobody. All of a sudden I'm seeing like I want what they want. Whatever it is they're getting, I want it. And I go, good. Check. Our singles in ministry need to look. And, and come across as something that's healthy and vibrant and wonderful and lives are changing. Not a club for pathetic, lonely, whiny people. And not a club to just get them married. Although again, heaven forbid you meet your spouse in church. Not everybody will get married. Not everybody wants to be married. And I get that. And we're in a broken world. And because we're in a broken world, a lot more will not get married than get married. So... If singles don't learn to love themselves and value themselves as they are, it's just going to get worse. So I tell single women especially, there's not enough good Christian guys to go around. So the chances are you won't get married. So you better like you. Because it may just be you. But when my pastor from the pulpit values that and says thank you to the singles in this church, who are tithing and are serving. Thank you for the singles that are serving in children's department. Thank you for those that have been gone through divorce and the struggles that you've dealt with. Thank you for those that are widowed, that you are still serving out of your, even some of your loneliness and, and some of your pain. Thank you for those that are married in this church that understand our singles and I care about those that are single. And, and when I say single people, I'm saying those that are not married because I know that word single means lots of things to different people. But just want you to know that Jesus was single and he gets it and he hears your heart. And although I know most of you would like to be married and my prayer for you as a, as a pastor would be for you to get married. In fact, later on, we're going to have an altar call. And if you'd like to be married, come down front. We're going to pray for you. But if you'd like to also just be content, let me pray for you as well. Because even as a married pastor, I need to learn the art of contentment. We all do, right? So last thing is um, go to my website and I'll just click on this. Ooh. I don't even know if this thing's recording anymore. <laughs> You're probably like, she has talked way too long. So guys, this is the Singles Network. And you can see I have a, I, I go to Europe every year and do ministry there. We have leaders there. So there's the UK, the Uganda, in the news, what we believe, who we are, support, etc. services. These are all the conferences, retreats, leadership, our annual retreats that we do up in the mountains. We'd love for you guys to come. Um, I do a healing weekend for women. Articles, 
leadership, general articles, every kind of conceivable article you can think of that we I get writers for. Some of it's on felt need, dating and relationships and isolation, loneliness, all the way to how to build a ministry and how to build a structure. Um, Resources, tools, how to start, books, Bible studies, magazines, job, resources, ministries, speakers that speak to singleness, single-focused ministries, and ministries that support singleness, all on the website. Calendar and national, international, anything that I find that's around the world, I list it on my site, as well as my own personal speaking schedule. And then the store. Um, Bible studies, I mentioned up there, is um, this Bible study here actually has videos that go with it, because people were like, I wish you had videos because you're. St- I can't. I can't be you, Chris. Well, all right. So I have like uh, eight, ten, twelve minute videos, and there's promotion. Like there's a video that you can put out to say we're gonna have the study. This is my number one. I sell this over any other study of all my studies. I think it's because of the title. Um, but also there's a, there's Bible studies up there as well. There's um, singles in relationship, which is like a devotional. There's um, a women's Bible study, and then I have one called Walk the Line. It's for anybody. Um, it's about those things like love and lust and accountability versus judgment. And then this one is it's a great resource for leaders. Everyone knows a single adult. And it's got over 100 questions by 52 people in singles ministry on everything from young adults to young singles to older singles to how to start a ministry, how to every 100 questions that people came up with. And we got the answers uh, to those questions from 52 different people in the industry. And their contact information is in the back, and so you have access to all of them because they've given you permission to contact them to help you um, in the area that you're, that you're wanting to go. So the final verse here, it says, Care for the flock of God entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you'll get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. First Peter 5.12 If you want one year of prosperity, plant some grain. Ten years of prosperity, grow a tree. And if you want a hundred years of prosperity, grow people. Amen? Amen. Any questions, comments, thoughts? I have to say we have a very unique, um, our pastor is diverse in youth, uh, singles. Uh, we um, interact as a family. It's not that we are unattached, uh, married, singles. We all, we, each of us have positions on uh, the finance uh, so we have a very unique choice. that's good um, my thing is that um, we're not reaching out of our church for singles okay and that was primarily what I was wanting to get out of here you know, give them any resources on your website yes definitely well see here, just here's an example of like here's a single who feels value and she's saying she feels value. So her, her comments aren't what the pastor isn't doing, but it's what the pastor is doing. So when our pastors, our leadership of our church, value singleness, even if they don't understand it, and even if they're fearful that they're going to be single. Well, we've had it for 38 years. So, so yes. But even then, I've been around, I'm going to say I do this full time. I, you know, I, I get a lot of pats on the head and, you know, and, uh, and just preconceived ideas of what it is to be single. So, but, so, so from that standpoint is how do I, you know, how do we reach out into the community? First, find out what's out there. Do a demographic study and find out what the demographics are. Well, like I said, it probably would be more. Yeah. And, and just find out what's, what's out, what is outside the community. And then also, um, 
is there some things that you could do that would appeal to them to come in the doors? Sometimes we do things in the community, like at a coffee shop, that might appeal. Uh, for single mothers, trade day, which is you basically bring five, ten things you, that you don't need in your home anymore that are related to children, clothing, toys, and then you can bring them and trade them for five or ten things that you need. And that's an easy um, thing to do that reaches out in the community. You might not make it single-specific, but if you make it children-specific, single parents come. Um, the same thing with offering a Bible study like divorce care and just, and, but you need to put it, advertise it outside the church as people drive by and they see it. Um, and then they, they like, and then a nice big web address to where they can go and do the research and find out if it's something for them, um, they can offer. But trade day is really good. And also we've done, um, with women, we've done apparel where we've had women brought bat, hats and belts and jewelry and traded it. And the community, we've done car washes for single adults. We've done uh, car, uh, maintenance days where women and guys who don't know how to work on cars could bring their vehicles. And we do an oil change for them or some ma- you know, minor maintenance. Also have done life seminars where you basically bring in somebody who does insurance, somebody who does medicine, somebody who does um, health care. And you basically offer these life seminars where a guy will come in and talk about you know, different types of insurance and what you should have as a family. But again, you could gear it towards single specific to reach out to singles or, um, you know, how to cook for your kids when you're a single parent. How do you budget and how do you buy groceries? These types of things and having somebody who specializes in that and having a series of those seminars called life seminars or how to you know, balance your checkbook now that you're a single parent. You know, how do you how do you do the holidays? I just posted on my Facebook page, guys, Linda Jacobs, who wrote Divorce Care for Kids. She's a good friend of mine, and she just had a video, and she, I just shared it on my homepage. And it's how do you deal with kids at Christmas when you're a single parent or a single grandparent, because she was a single grandparent raising grandkids. And it's vital video information to be able to offer that. So just thinking about do a study, find out what's out there, and say, Lord, how can we be sensitive? Hope Community, Mega Church in Raleigh, every Christmas they have a sign-up list for people who want to partner with single-parent families. And it can be a single dad, too. And they partner. And you can be a single that partners. You don't have to just be a family, a traditional family. But you, you create a sign-up list. And they had, I, last, I don't know, four or five years ago, they had like 100 families who wanted to partner with a single-parent family to give them Christmas. And we had more people wanted than we had single-parent families. But, again, the church made the effort to say, is there some struggling people living alone? Are, are you, do you live alone? Do you, are you doing life on your own? Okay. Is your husband, maybe you have a husband and he's in a, assistant living and you're by yourself at home. You know, do you need some things done at your house? You guys offering a house, like house maintenance, yard maintenance, some of these types. So I had a thing called uh, SOS, Singles Offering Service. And what does that entail? You can do a sign-up list of things that you need done. We need somebody to come get groceries. or I need somebody to come clean something. We, I need some repair done. And you partner with the men's part of the ministry of your church to do some maintenance on people's homes. But it's an outreach. All right? So I give you some. And you just have to go to the website. There's just a, a plethora of stuff on the site, too. Any other thoughts, questions? It's, you came here with certain expectations. There was a reason you said, oh, I believe I want to go to that. Were your eyes open to some of the a difference in perceptions or needs or yeah, things like that? We, um, we, 
I'm, I've been at the church for one year now, and we, uh, we have an issue with, we have a thriving youth program, a thriving college, and then we notice there's just that drop off the 30s that, that you were talking about. And uh, we started talking to the people who are still in the church in that age group, and they started saying, well, there's nothing for us. And there was the same thing. Everything's focused on the married couples. So we actually, uh, me and the um, other two pastors, we, we've talked about it, we've looked into it, we've looked at the different age groups who are, who are uh, single because of what these, the 30s said in the uh, 20s. And they're really, we really don't have anything for the single groups. So... When that one came up, the other pastor said he was going to come to it, but he was he had to he got called out to go somewhere else, and he asked me if I'd come in and uh, listen for him. Uh, and when I, I when I saw it, I said, "Well, yeah, uh, I'm not even going to look at the list of uh, the breakouts." So Yay! Like, I said, we've yeah. been talking about it. We've been praying about it. We want our we we've lost so many people who are single because there's we just nothing, have for, nothing for them yeah. and they're going to other churches yeah. or they're not going to church right right so we uh we're trying to figure out what we're what we've been missing right and, uh, but again understand if you don't have leadership structure and and keep it going and there's not prayer for the direction of the ministry um it will it will turn on itself it you will get uh the healthy ones will quit the unhealthy ones take over. There, there will be some unhealthy dating. And you can't sit there and blame it on singles. You have to blame it on lack of leadership. If your church didn't have pastors, duh, right? Why do we have elders and deacons? Because we need leadership. So singles are the same thing. We don't need a single social group. I don't need you to play my social life pastor, okay? I may want you to, but I don't need you to. What I need you to do is help me to live life as a single adult and be whole in Christ. And so I want to be around other people that are a similar life stage. But at the same time, I want to also have options to have married friends and have single friends that are not in the singles ministry. That's a whole Christian. Like I said, singles ministry is not the end. It's just a gate to come in. But eventually I want to be a part. I want to be greeting. I want to watch three-year-olds. I want to go on a mission trip. But maybe right now you're going through a really, really bad divorce. And you need to be around other people going through something similar. Or you've just lost your spouse. Or you are 26 years old and you're wanting to date and you got some hormone issues, you know, or whatever. You need to be around some people that are going through some similar things to just help you do life better, but not to have a church within a church. We don't need two churches, you know, and that's been another reason over the years. Pastors will say, well, it became like its own church. Well, it became its own church because you weren't doing anything to build the bridge, you know. And I said, do you think women's ministry is a separate church? Well, no, because there's a bridge. Singles need a bridge too. It's just simply saying, you know what? We know there's some, there's things we need to do to reach this demographic. And it may be having a Bible study and it may be once a quarter having a big event. We bring in a band and we bring in a speaker like Chris Wataco and we bring in, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a great meal and we just feed everybody and we have a great time. And it maybe means that every year we take them on a retreat or we take them to the beach. It's ministry too. And it also could be like in a new church. 
they were a church, no matter what age group they were. Right. And, and that's what our pastor preaches. Right. We are the church for everyone, whatever the age is. And as long as people not just hear it, but believe it. You know, you, pastors will say that, but do they walk it? Are they, does, does your pastor know your name? Does he know that you're single and you're not single and pathetic? Do you just happen to not be married? And that's my challenge to pastors is don't look at us in a condescending, like, you know, we're this poor little pitiful single person or afraid and don't hug us. I, I gave my pet peeve, got a hug yesterday from a pastor who did the weird, like shoulder inward, but nothing here. I'm like, just hug me from the side. You hug me that way. That's like the weirdest hug in the world. Just hug me from the side, you know, because he's so afraid he might touch me. I get that. He's protecting himself. He's a married guy. But it just made it even more obvious. And I need touch. I need affection. I need to know that somebody cares about me and loves me and wants me. You know, that's one of the ladies a couple days ago said, how do you deal with lack of touch as a single? I don't know. It's hard. Get a pet. Watch children. Go watch babies at the church because they just love on you. You know, greet and hug people and shake their hands. Become a foster parent. Go to the SBCA and volunteer down there. I know it's a need. Even some married people, they don't get it, right? Some married people are not getting touch. But it's something we all desire. But there are some little things that we can do to have that done in a safe way, you know. And wouldn't it be cool, Jake, if you could become the church that is known, like this one over here, it is a safe place for singles to come. You will come and feel value. You will come and be ministered to. We're not going to be perfect. So not everybody's going to come. Everything we're doing exactly the way they want it. But we're trying to hear you, and we will listen. If you have a question, if you want to come and talk to a pastor, if you feel like we're not doing everything that we can, we will listen to you. We have a team of leaders that will pray through. And if you say, well, I really want to have XYZ Bible study. Well, we've prayed and this is the studies that we're going to do, but we'll, we'll think about yours for next time. Just listen to me, even though you may not do it all. But the, the fact that somebody would even listen and be aware of my needs, that's a church that I want to go to.